You've got the tea box when it's 8 o'clock and it's Masters Week and how flipping exciting exciting am I. Okay, mark that. Yeah, dang it. Right off the bat. Three minutes in. (laughs) But I'm excited. Less than three minutes. Because. In seconds. (laughs) Well, it is 8, 10, 8, 11. Dang it. You got the tea box. I'm Craig. Good Lord. I couldn't take my eyes off of watching Dustin Johnson yesterday. Well, he is a handsome man. No, not for that. Oh. But I've never seen a guy have zero swing and find a way to get around a golf course like Augusta just one over. Pretty impressive. He was. He couldn't find his way out of a damn shoe bag. He was. He couldn't hit. Shoe bag? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. the NFL just naturally comes, right? I mean, it, it's just, don't smirk at that. It wasn't that funny. <laughs> Didn't. <laughs> to license it. Um, so it was a little bit startling, and you texted me this. Watching the Masters dinner, the Champions dinner, no Phil Mickelson. Mm-hmm. Was he the only, he and Doug Ford were the only two that are still alive that weren't there. Is that right? Yeah, that sounds right. I didn't didn't notice any other guys that were notable omissions. And the uh, the um, uh, use your words. Yeah, people are texting me. Stop. <laughs> well, just turn your phone over and stop looking at it. I it's it's coming up on my freaking iPad. <laughs> yes, it is like my first time on the air. Dang it. Um, where were we? <laughs> Old school bitch. Well, good morning, everybody, and it's eight o'clock. On the ticket, and for the last 27 years, you got the tea box. I'm Craig Rosengarten. With me today, and for the last week, for the last few weeks, it's been my... You're one of the most awesome six men in the world. I appreciate that. It's Eli Jordan. So, uh, what's up, America? Thanks for filling in. (laughs) Where did we get the what's up, America? Really? You have to ask that question? <laughs> Suck it. Well, oh, wow. Well, yeah. That, that makes a little bit more... Uh, hot. That makes a little more sense, right? So, um, anyway, uh, we are going till 10.30 today, yep. obviously. So, I've got to change the run sheet a little bit, right? Because, normally, Eli Jordan is part of Country Force, and he knows a lot more than just golf. I only know golf. And, That's not true. You follow some NBA stuff. And I, I am a big Cowboys fan, and I'm a big University of Georgia football fan. Mm-hmm. And the fact that N'Kobe Dean didn't go to the 83rd pick yesterday. Pretty crazy. That guy's, let me tell you, I've watched every one of their games for the last two years. That guy, they had five first-round picks on their defense. And that guy was 
the leader. Well, from what I read last night, whenever he's kept kind of falling in the draft, somebody, and I can't remember who it was, tweeted out that apparently he's had a shoulder issue that he's been hesitant to get surgery on, and that's why. Well, then that makes sense. So I, apparently he's got a bum shoulder that needs needs a, a fixing, but he okay. hasn't, uh, hasn't committed to do it yet. So teams are concerned about that. So I will tell you that we are, bearing the lead, we are at the greatness that is Crest Cars. And I don't have any great deals yet, but I know they have them because it's the end of the month. And as soon as the next break comes, I will go get them. And But they, the one thing I noticed while we're here, there's a lot of cars here. Yep. And normally they don't have a lot of cars. So if you want to make a deal at the end of the month, then usually you can't because you got to order a car. they got cars. I really like this blue right here, this kind of deep navy color on this one. It's a nice-looking color. That's an XC30 or the X30. I don't know. It's a it's an infinity. But it is a really pretty color. Mm-hmm. you got to really look hard to know it's blue. Yeah. And... Uh, Really cool. All right, we've got a uh, got a busy show because we're get, we are going to ten thirty, so we will uh, get to all that next and tell you who's with us besides Eli. And Sports Radio ninety six seven and thirteen ten, the ticket. Eight fourteen on the ticket. You got the T box. T box proudly sponsored by PGA Tour Superstores. I may have to pop over there. Um, Right after the show. Still got some uh, Skrilla left on that gift card? Yes, I do, but it's sitting on my desk, so I'm going to buy small stuff but um, and save that for when I need big stuff. Anyway, um, we are out of Crest Cars. T-Box is out of Crest Cars. Uh, we are out at Infinity, where they also have uh, Ernie B's Barbecue. So you can come over and get a snack if you want. Makes a mean breakfast burrito. Yeah. So. That's all, right. all good stuff. I don't think Mike Brosen is here because he wanted to come on the air because he s- sent me a picture with him in the gecko. So the Ge- Crest- Geico gecko. Yes, because uh, Crest Cars is owned by Berkshire Hathaway, who also owns Geico. Geico. Okay. So um, they got their hands in a little bit of everything, don't they? Yes. Yes. That is Eli Jordan, who's out with me here. Um, maybe for the last week, need to get you back to Country Force. Because there's got there's other things in golf going on, and you're an expert on all that stuff. So had enough of me finally, huh? No, I, I'd keep you around. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, Kern is uh, here uh, engineering for us. We've got Jay King always running the board with an awesome open. Good morning. And good morning. I know you told me who's doing tickers, and I forgot. Jonathan. Dodd. Jonathan. Dodd. Thank you. Hey, he just did it and signed off with his name. Yes, that was ten seconds ago. Yeah, but I was. I had a crisis this morning, so it, it wasn't really a crisis. You're overblowing this. Well, it was averted, so no more crisis. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm clear. So um, let's go through the. Let's go through the uh, show outline. We're going to do leaderboards at eight thirty. At eight fifty, the two biggest names in golf, Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods, are back in the news. I know you've been on a press trip, so I'm not sure how much you... Uh, I've been you've... able to keep up. Good, good. So I've, we, we'll talk about that. At 9.10, you and I both went on press trips this past week. Mm-hmm. And we're going to give a rundown of how they went and where we went and why you should go if we think you should go. Did you have pants on? 
every, almost the entire time. Yeah, same here. And uh, at uh, 9.50 or 9.30, there's some feuds going on. I don't know if you've been following the Kevin Nod Grace Murray feud. Saw a little bit about it, yeah. And uh, the question is, does anyone care? And that's the conversation I'll have because I had some caddies stay with me last week during the uh, Champions Tour event. And I heard a bunch of other ones. And I'm wondering if anybody cares, but it does show you that the PGA Tour is just like any other slice of pie in the rest of the world. There's clicks and there's people who like each other and don't like each other and so on and so forth. At 1010, we'll give a, uh, uh, or at 950, I lost my train of thought now because here's the thing. We, we're only going to 1030 now, so I had to move things around. I thought we are going to 1050. I mean, not really. We not- to move one segment. Yeah, but I moved everything up. We'll, we'll do an update on leaderboards. And then I, at 1010, I want to get your uh, opinion on the draft. Because um, you're really, I know you're really big into draft. You like, yeah, you know, honestly, this year I probably have put less preparation and thought into it than any other years, just because I was traveling all this last week, and then a couple weeks before that, I was super busy trying to get the magazine out before I was traveling, and so I hadn't had a lot of time to scroll through uh, Dane Brugler's draft guide and do some mock. I, I usually do, you know, fifteen, twenty mock drafts, you know, kind of leading up to it, but. Didn't have a lot of time to do any of that stuff this year, so um, I haven't been do you as like locked it? in. Uh, yes, George. Um, so, haven't, uh, haven't been as locked in as I normally am. So as a tease for ten ten, knowing that you are still a huge draft and Cowboys fan, what do you what do you think of the current draft for the well, Cowboys? I mean, I don't. We'll, we'll save it for ten ten. They'll give us some. Can some you give me a little I, tease? No. Okay. Because that'll just that'll spoil the whole thing. I okay. mean, if I give you my official grade on their draft right now, then we don't have anything to talk about. It's it, two hours. You think everybody who's listening now is going to be listening in two hours? Probably. Okay. All right. This, this, this uh, segment is brought to you proudly by, I'm going to say Club Corp, because we're about to talk about what happened last week. Because there was a lot of fun last week and i know after the show you went out and watched a bunch of the champions tour event out at las Coins country club i did and you also went and saw the celebrities i did because they were all together and i'm gonna say that was a flipping blast yeah um i I really enjoyed it i mean it's very rare that you get to see not only a lot of the big name champions tour guys i mean like you know john daly's out there i mean it's cool to get to see guys like that that you followed for the last 20 25 years that have now dan worked for the champions and also dan marino yes he wasn't there but there were a lot of there were other quarterbacks there <laughs> there mark rippin was mark there. rippin was there that's right so uh yeah and you know and some of the celebrities i mean obviously tony romo did very well um, always cool to see him. DeMarcus so, Ware was out there. You had Larry the Cable Guy, Alfonso Ribeiro, Jack Wagner. Uh, Mark Mulder was in the field. Mm-hmm. Um, John Smoltz was there. Yeah, Stanky was there. We saw Stanky. Um, yeah, so, yeah, it was, Marty, it, it was a cool event. So, in the Champions Tour side, I mean, on the celebrity side, which I don't know how many people saw this, or Tony Romo's leading for 53 holes. And on the 54th hole, which is a par five, his 18th on the third round, he hits his second shot in the water. Playing with Marty Fish, the the left-handed tennis player, Marty Fish makes birdie, 
Does he play golf left-handed? Yes. He needs a lefty. Ties. By the way, the funny part about Marty Fish is he was riding around the practice round in a fat scooter. You know that you, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like the little. They're like these. They're you, like little golf. Vespas, kind of. Kind of motorcycles, but they don't go very fast, and they are a little bit wider than a motorcycle. He fell off one. Here's one of the best athletes in the world and falls off of of one of these, and I gave him him grief about it. Anyway, he birdies last hole, and they go to a playoff. Both hit their tee shots, and what's the one thing? They play 18 again. It's the one thing Tony Romo can't do now. Hit it in the water. Guess what he did? Hit it in the water. Yes, he did. Reminded me of, it just reminded me of him bumbling the the uh, hold, the snap in Seattle on the field goal. It oh, just yeah. did, man. Yeah. I just did, and I shouldn't, I shouldn't think that way. But I like Tony, I really do. I think he's a good guy. I think and everything else, but really, and look, I didn't care whether he won or not, but um, but I just like. Really? So, uh, yeah. Um, anyway, the uh, Champions Tour was won by... Help me out, Eli. I'd love to, but I've never heard of this guy in my life. Yes, he's he had no... Um, he had really no career till he became a... a uh, Champions Tour player. Champions Tour player. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to find it. Yes, I should have been more prepared. <laughs> uh, Perel is his name. Uh, yes, Scott Perel. Scott Perel. Scott Perel won. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he hasn't done much, and he's actually really been playing really, really good between him and this guy, Alker. Those two are, like, guys I've never heard of before. And they're, and Alker uh, and won don't the – forget about Gene Sowers. Yes. He was um, in the playoff as well. Uh, but Alker had won the week before, and he was trying to go back-to-back – and uh, lost in the playoffs. So it was actually a really, really fun time. And uh, I will say that the if, if you're considering going out to this event next year, um, all of the hospitality areas are really, really good. Like spend the extra money and get the tickets to the like the Choctaw Club or like because like it's like huge buffet and like drinks and everything's like including the ticket. Oh yeah. Wow. So in the, like the the corporate like the hospitality areas and like the the higher level tickets are absolutely worth it. Really? And you're also very close to the action. Uh the the Choctaw Club which was right there at number 17 green, the little par 3. Mm-hmm. If you were kind of sitting in the front row of that hospitality area, I mean you were maybe 10 feet away from the players. I mean, it was you're right up on top of them. So it's pretty pretty cool experience. By the way, I did have uh, some caddies staying with me and it was it was fun to get, you know, the inside look at everything. One of the things that I will say that um I, I was also with their players, and I won't mention who they are, but um I did get a good idea and did good glimpse of what they think of a golf course, what they think of how they're setting up the day before. They really liked the golf course. There was a couple holes they they had a little. They had you know, hey, this was tough. This this. They were they loved the convenience of Las Colinas. Not just the golf course, but the town. There was no traffic in Las Colinas. They could they could be a minute or two minutes from the golf course, and they could just 
you know, kind of go over. One of them said there's a, apparently there's a hotel right next to the driving range. They don't even need a car next year. They can just walk over and not have to deal with it. So they really like the convenience of Las Colinas and the ease of getting around and everything. Sure. The wind was a beating. Yeah, it was very, very windy. They were really struggling with the golf course for that reason because the green structure it, the, around on those greens were really difficult. And they were really worried about whether the course was going to be playable in the winds. And kudos to the um, the uh, course superintendent out there because um, they just grew the greens a little bit. They, they actually cut them still, but they didn't roll them to keep them a little bit uh, – Heavier. They went down to, I think, 10.5 in order to make him play. Um, 17, which is the down, it was a straight downwind par three. They, uh, they told me, we're just going to hit it. And we know it's going to be long, but that whatever that was behind the green mm-hmm. was going to stop every golf ball. Yeah, and, and, and we, they, we sat there for probably three hours on Saturday after the show and watched them hit shots into that par three. And you're right, I, I bet. Somewhere around fifty to sixty percent of them hit pin high or just beyond pin high and rolled off the back and just kind of clanged into the yeah. grand. And they said that's and they all said that's what they were going to do. They were just going to hit it long enough to hit it there so they get a drop, make par, and get out of there. So uh, that's a tough way to play court. Of course, now let me let me share with you this. Get your opinion on this. So next year, two thousand twenty-three, sometime in April, you're going to have a corn ferry tour event mm-hmm. then you're gonna have a champions tour event you're gonna have this mm-hmm. then you're gonna have the nelson yep then you're gonna have the champions tour senior pga um um up in frisco yes it'll be in frisco and then you'll have colonial and so do we have the actual date on that yet? I only year? know the date of the Champions Tour event. I'm going to say the fact that they have celebrities and everything else and, and the fun of the Champions Tour event, I'm still going to Las Colinas, and I'm still going out there and having fun and watching Tony Romo and uh, Marty Fish and, and Larry the Cable Guy and Alfonso Ribeiro and all that fun stuff. So we, we do have a date on that, Craig. Uh, the 2023 KitchenAid Senior PGA Championship Held at the new PGA Frisco, uh, May twenty third through twenty eighth, twenty twenty three, and that's where Colonial usually is. Yes, they're not, so they're moving Colonial next year. Maybe you're gonna have two events in the same week in in this in the same market. I can't imagine that would be the case. No. So I think things are changing next year. I don't know how or why or when. I mean, obviously this is set in stone. But and, and here's the thing: the PGA and the and the PGA Tour. Are not the same company. No. So, I'm wondering whether this was a little bit of a surprise uh, from, well, I, I, I just don't know. It, it, it makes me a little crazy. And, look, I had a really, really, I had a really, really good time out at this event. So, um, let's put it this way. We're going to have a lot of golf in DFW in a very short period of time next year. Yeah. And when are we going to get hangovers? I mean, I love the fact that we're becoming the hotbed for golf. I mean, with the PGA of America moving here, mm-hmm. we're the hotbed of golf right here. Dallas-Fort Worth is the hotbed. You know, think about it. You have them here, Club Corp's, Club Corp's uh, uh, headquartered here, yes. Arcus is headquartered here, yes. Century Golf is headquartered here, Top Golf is headquartered here. Yes, Corn Ferry. 
Yeah, you've got a Corn Ferry event, you've got two PGA Tour events, you've got an LPGA Tour event. Next year you'll have two Champions Tour events. Yeah, this is a hotbed. But and, and all within probably six to seven weeks. Yeah, so I like it, but I'm wondering it might be a little bit of a hangover at some I point. I don't know if you'll get burned out or not. I mean, I think all of the events are so unique, and that's what makes this, this Club Corps Classic so, so interesting is it is something different. It's kind of a one-off where you get the celebrities too. By the way, last thing I'll say about this, kudos to Club Corp because they um, – I look at Lost Plains Country Club and what a great – the, the improvements ma- they made on that place. What a great golf just, course. Oh, yes, yeah. really, really is. And next month, and it's kind of been buried, what they've done to Craig Ranch, that golf course, I played it uh, about a month or two ago. It's amazing the transformation they did to that golf course mm-hmm. from three years ago when they yep. bought it. And uh, it's such a great home for the for the Byron Nelson. I think it's just awesome. So kudos to them for that. All right. That segment was brought to you by PGA Tour Superstores because we're right around the corner and they have everything you need. And that's some awesome stuff. Coming up next, we got leaderboards. We got lots of leaderboards. And one stat that may change your thoughts on who's going to win in Mexico this week. But first, let's talk about Preston painting because, you know, I see Bourbon. I talk to Bourbon all the time because I just, every time I go outside, go downstairs because he painted downstairs in my house and painted the outside of my house. I look, man, Bourbon, I'm so happy I met you because my house looks so much better. It's just perfect. He, he repainted the bottom of my house, the, the downstairs of my house, and it just looks awesome. Everything's just, you know, brighter. Everything's I just get happy when I'm down there and I play music and I look around and everything's great. And you always need a guy, right? You always need a guy. You need somebody you can trust. And when you're bringing somebody into your house and say it's time to paint, they can mess things up. You bet. You need a painter. You need a plumber. You need a lawyer. You know, those, these are things that you should just have a guy. And now you have a painter. You have bourbon. All you have to do is go to PrestonPainting.com. Go PrestonPainting.com and say, bourbon, please paint my house and don't mess it up because he won't. Because he's going to do a great job, and he's very, very reasonable. I can't believe he the first the first uh, client he got off of our live spots were uh, was a guy who needed 27 doors painted. That's it. He just needed 27 doors. I need my doors repainted. I'm thinking, what a mess that's going to be. But the guy loved the work. He did a great job, and the guy's been a reference for him ever since. So go to PrestonPainting.com. Call Bourbon. Say, hey, come paint my house. On Sports Radio 96.7 and 1310, The Ticket. Collective Soul. Oh, yeah, a little Collective Soul. By the way, uh, Eli, as we were discussing this um, earlier, um, what band was better, live or Collective Soul? And uh, have 102 votes so far. And uh, it's 53 to 47%. That's close. So it is close. close. I would have said Collective Soul for sure, but... Uh, Got a tweet here from Kyle Coker. He says, hitting us with the tough stuff early Saturday morning. Live's Throwing Copper was a mainstay in my disc man until Collective Soul's self-titled album. So, this guy says, Collective Soul was a total beating for me. 
<laughs> I like I like collective songs. Yeah, no, I, I musically well, they're really so good. The, I do the, too. the way this got started is Kern and I were talking this morning before you got here. And I mentioned to him, and I don't know how we got started on Collective Soul, but I was like, that was one of the first, the first concert I ever went to was Collective Soul opening for Aerosmith. And he said, dude, I was at that show too at Starplex, right? And I said, yeah, I think it was in like 93 or 94. And we ended up looking it up and it was in like October of 94. So that's how the Collective Soul conversation got started. And then we kind of got onto live and which one was better. And so, yeah, go vote. We're, we're curious to see who, uh, who the P1s think is the better 90s band, Collective Soul or Live? Saw them both in concert in the last two years. And I didn't know Live when I saw them, but I was very impressed with their music. So Good there's stuff. that. At uh, 8.50, I'm going to talk about uh, Tiger and Phil are back in the news. And for different reasons. <coughs> so we'll go up at that. But first, there are some leaderboards. And... Uh, for the first time, they're doing this uh, event in Mexico, so there's no defending champ. And uh, there is one, when you look at this uh, lineup and you look at who's playing, John Rahm is leading. John Rahm is by a mile the top player in this field. Yeah, it's pretty thin. Let me hit you with a stat. I like to be hit with stats. So... So John Rahm's number two in the world, by a mile highest ranked player in the field, right? He holds the 36-hole lead. This is the seventh time in his career, seven times, he has either led or co-led after 36 holes. Care to ask how many times he's, care to guess how many times he's won when he's had the 36-hole lead. lead, how many times has he had the 36-hole lead again? This is his seventh time, so six seventh times time. prior. Uh, so out of the six, I'm going to say that he's won three of the six. Has never won. Really? After a 36-hole lead? Has never won with a 36-hole lead. So uh, if you were a betting man right now, will you take that stat? If Norm knew this stat, is he well, still I'm, betting I'm, on John Rahm? glad you asked, Craig. Yes, I'm going to bet on John Rahm. Who's that? Norm. Not. Oh. Not. Uh, no, I'd probably take John Rahm. This field's pretty weak. If you look at who is in second place, one Alex Smalley. Alex Smalley is a good little player. Uh, okay, that's fair way. enough. Um, he's two two shots back going to the weekend after he's a pair a, uh, of 66s, but he's ranked 205th in the world. Yes, uh, but he, he's young. He's a Duke grad and a uh, good little player, so – wouldn't put it past him. Adam Long, who's won on tour before, he's uh, in thir- tied for third with Andrew Novak. There's a guy I don't know. Um, and Cam Champ. Cam Champ uh, is uh, back to healthy and uh, playing really, really well. And uh, Andrew Novak, current official world golf ranking, 361. By the way, Cam Champ, ex-Aggie, mm-hmm. and big hitter don't say you're gonna get yourself in trouble now what don't ever say ex aggie they're aggies for life if you graduated from a&m don't ever call them a former aggie or an ex aggie or whatever if they went there i'm telling you you're gonna you watch you'll get tweets i promise so i don't know what what whether he was in first for this but his average driving distance 370 359.8 what a monster By the way, there are other. There is a six-way tie for third. 
So there's a lot of guys in there. You also have Patrick Reed. We haven't heard from him in a while. Trey He's been Mullins, playing better, though. He has. And Brandon Hagee is also up there. Um, there's a guy, Aaron Rye. Don't know much about him either, but he um, – Good player. He was he shot 65. Kurt Kitayama shot 64 opening rounds. They were they were tied. Like Davis Riley, who uh, was roommates with Will Zal Torres and, um, while they were on the Corn Ferry Tour and uh, played with Will last week in the uh, team event. Um he is uh, playing a little bit better, too. He's 8-under. He's actually 41st in FedEx Cup standing, so he's good. Jonathan Bird. It's the last time you heard from him. It's been a minute. He's been Monday qualifying, and uh, he led. He was tied for the lead yesterday with a 64, uh, followed up with a 70. He's 8-under. Bogeyed the last two holes, so he turned into Jonathan Bird. Uh, Charles Howe third. he's playing well. He's, uh, Why are you throwing shade at Jonathan Bird? What did he do to you? Nothing. He just... He turned into Jonathan Bird. Okay, I mean, that's fair, that's... but golly, you didn't say that about anybody else. Well, I can. I'm not done yet. Okay. Uh, Sebastian Munoz, he was a popular pick, given that uh, it's in Mexico, even though he's, you know. Um, not from Mexico? I think he is from Mexico. No, that's I, definitely He's not from Colombia or something, yeah, right? That's definitely yeah, not a Mexican Columbia. flag next to his name. He's from Colombia, yeah. Um, <laughs> so just anyone with a Hispanic name is a favorite this week? They were. It's in Mexico? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kelly Kraft uh, is at five under. He's um, he is fighting for um, his status. He's got uh, conditional. He's got some kind of status from the on the Corn Ferry, but he was on a medical major, um, so he's still working at it. Emiliano Grando is at five under. Trying to look at anybody local. Um, I don't see anybody exciting. Gary Woodland was one of my picks this week. I thought he was playing well. He's at three under. Made the cut. Yeah. Made um, the weekend, so that's always good. Yeah, not anything else. Uh, Peter, who missed the cut? Peter Yoline missed the cut. Um, I, there was one guy who missed the cut who was a big, big name. Let's see if he's if he did. I'm looking for, did Abe Answer make the cut or not? Can you f- help me here? I'm looking. And he made the cut. Shot two under. He must have done really well in the last cut. Yep, he birdied two of the last five holes and uh, made the cut. He was a really popular pick. By the way, in DraftKings, on the DraftKings uh, where you take a classic where you pick six golfers, mm-hmm. that a record for most guys, for the most people picking one guy. Wrong. 45% took John Rahm. Yeah. So 45% of every team had John Rahm on it, so... That well, was, it uh, seems seems to have been a good decision. Um, I'm going to talk about the Champions Tour for two reasons. One, it's in Houston. Kind of local, right? Is that the Woodlands? Yeah, I mean, it's in Texas. So it's a Club, it Corp, local, it's but... a Club Corp event. Um, two, tied for the lead with Ernie Els and Steve Alker. By the way, kid Steve Alker's playing good. Kid, he's over 50. Um, Steve Stricker who has had some mysterious illness. They don't know what it is, and he's been out forever. This is his first week back. Where would you rank Steve Stricker on the list of best to never win a major? He's got to be towards the top, right? Wow. Good question. Steve Stricker, to me, was always that guy who was going to finish in the top 25 almost every week. 
He and uh, Kenny Perry were those guys who – well, Kenny Perry won a lot at the end of his career, but – Steve Stricker, I don't remember how many how many wins does Steve Stricker have? I would guess he's probably got I don't know, ten maybe. He's got twelve career wins. Okay, that's not bad. I mean, uh, um, but I mean, like you see guys like Zach Johnson that win majors. Like Steve Stricker's got a similar type game. Like he never really just bombed it, but he was always pretty accurate. He was a good putter. Yeah. He's, you know, kind of like Furyk. I mean, just kind of a guy that Get this. has always been really solid. He's in, like Lee Westwood's got to be on that list. Colin Montgomery's probably on that list. Like Stricker's got to be on there somewhere okay. toward, towards the top. So he's 55 years old. <laughs> What's his, how much career, what is his career money? What do you think his career money is? Steve Stricker? Yes. I would guess he's made $28 million on tour. $44 million. That's pretty good. So I'm looking at, I just want to see career money, career earnings. Um, oops, I hit the wrong thing. See, higher or lower than Jordan Spieth? Probably, I would guess they're probably pretty close together. Steve Stricker is 18th in career, win, in career money wins at $44 million. Jordan Spieth is at $50 million. Yeah. It's not, I mean, that's not surprising. I'm looking at guys older than Steve Stricker who are ahead of him. Davis Love has him by $20,000. Ernie Els has got $47 million. And then VJ Singh, in there, well, Tigers won, Phil's two, and then VJ's fifth. Oh, uh, Scotty, so Scotty Scheffler may be in the top ten by the end of this year. Where's Scotty Scheffler? <laughs> Scotty Scheffler is not in the top 50. But, uh, well, yeah, he's been on tour for like two years. Yeah, but he'll be there soon, right? Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say it's he's rapidly climbing. Anyway, so it's that's about it. Should we talk about the LPGA because they've got kind of a big event right this week, right? They've got the uh, the Palos Verdes um, championship. Palos Verdes, I think. Yep, and uh, Hannah Green's leading by three shots, and uh, my neighbor Minji Lee is tied for second at six under. So. You gonna throw her a big party if she wins? Never talked to her. Really? Never even seen her in the neighborhood. I've seen her hitting golf balls. Um, but so you know she lives in your neighborhood. She does. I've seen her in the in her golf cart, driving around in her golf cart. Nice. But that's all I've ever seen. I hear she's a really nice lady though. So. Well, you should say hello. I mean, you're in the golf industry. I mean. Well, I wave when she's driving by in the golf cart. Yeah. But you know, so. But I don't ever talk to her. Okay, that is your leaderboards, and that is brought to you by the City of Arlington Golf Courses. They've got they had a great Corn Ferry Tour event out at uh, Texas Rangers, and you, I think your home course would be Tierra Verde, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think if you made me pick, I've probably played Lake Arlington more than I've played any other golf course because it's literally about a driver four iron from my house. Um, but I play Tierra a lot. I've played Rangers quite a bit since. Then. But in fact, I need to get back out to. Rangers hadn't played out there in maybe about two, two and a half months. So I Played it right after the Corn, Ter- Corn Ferry Tour event. It is awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. So go out there and play her. All right, coming up next, Tiger and Phil in the news. Why? We'll tell you. On Sports Radio 96.7 and 1310, The Tick. Hey. Listen to Kern singing. <laughs> It is 8.54 on the ticket. You got the T-Box. 
out at Crest Cars. I'm going to get some really cool deals in a minute because they've got some, it's end of the month, and they've got cars, they've got some cool stuff. They just wrapped up that sales meeting. All They all came streaming out of there like they were they were walking with a purpose, man. They're going to sling them today. Yep. They're going to be flying off the lot. Hey, by the way, you got some news. I do? Yeah. What are you doing after the show? <laughs> I'm actually uh, a celebrity judge in a barbecue competition this afternoon. <laughs> yes, that's correct. <laughs> I'm not sure how I got roped into this, but that's what we're doing today. Well, so the fiance has a wedding shower today, like a the girls are throwing her a shower, so she's occupied all afternoon. And I had uh, a friend ask me to do this, and I said, "Sure, why not? Something to kill an afternoon." I'd do that. I would too. Hell yeah, I'd do that. I'm a huge barbecue fan. I mean, this is a body built by barbecue, so I was but, bo- I was born for this. But you were you're you you've kind of been doing our food reviews and our barbecue reviews and by the way this segment's brought to you by ham's meat market oh there you go how's that that's awesome uh, what a segue good old tony smith uh, by the way i had some of his jalapeno cheddar bratwurst awesome it was different they're awesome it was really cool it was yeah. different it was very, very very cool um but yeah i would do that that's actually really really cool so um i have a match play to play this afternoon at 12.30. Where? At Las Plains Country Club. Okay. They had a two-man match play tournament. And you could you play one match a month. You had to schedule the match with the people that you're playing with. And we're in the semifinals. Do you know how we got to the semifinals? I'd love to hear. So the first month, first match, guy had an injury. And he forfeited. So we win. The second month was Snowmageddon, and they we couldn't play, and we couldn't play, and they coin flipped. Really? And we won. On a coin flip. A coin flip. Third round, we get to the end, and we got a match scheduled, and the guy we're supposed to play with blew out his bicep. Ooh. That's and not... That's not- had Pleasant. to forfeit. So we're in the semifinals and haven't played a match yet. Wow. Do you know who my partner is? Remember that story last week I told you about the guy who hit me in the head with a golf ball? Mm-hmm. He's no. my partner. That's him. All right. No. Okay. <laughs> he doesn't kill you. <laughs> Had to be a low handicap and a high handicap for the match play. So he's a, he's a 17. and Yes. So, uh, so yes, that's what I'm doing this afternoon. Very cool. My wife just left to go see my son in New York City nice. and help him get moved into his little sh- shanty or his little closet. It's amazing what you get in New York. Not good. Anyway, hey, at 9:10, you and I both went on press trips this past week. Yes, we did. And um, you went to Mississippi. Your, yours was a long one. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm pretty tired today. Are you golfed out? You know, honestly, oh, we'll talk about it. Yeah, okay. We'll, we'll get into it. And uh, I've been on that press trip before. Mm-hmm. It's been 20 years since I went. but um, It was good. So, so I can, good. I went to Arkansas. And when you look at, you cock your head, current cock your head, you went to Arkansas? I said, yes, I did. And I'll tell you about that. At but first, all right, guys in the news. Let's talk about Tiger first because he's the biggest name in, in golf by a mile, right? Mm-hmm. 
Phil's trying to get close to him with whatever he's doing. So Tiger has a practice round. Southern Hills. Home of the PGA Championship. PGA Championship next month. Yep. In a couple weeks, actually. Yeah, about three weeks. Which I'm going to, by the way. Are you really? To the Sunday round, yeah. How'd you do that? Bought I, t- I just bought tickets. Did you really? Yeah. You didn't try to get some credentials? No, I, d- I didn't. You know, when the tickets went on sale last year, it was still kind of during COVID, and they had the like kind of all-inclusive tickets like they did at Colonial mm-hmm. last year, and uh, they were 250 each, and I said, you know what? I want to go. I've. I, it's been 20 years since I've seen Tiger play. It's been forever since I've seen Mickelson play. Have you uh, ever been to a major? Uh, I've been to one. Well, I went to a uh, master's practice round, but I've been to a major one time, and it was the 2001 U.S. Open at Southern Hills. Very nice. Look at this. We got food today, baby. But, yeah, so I have uh, the last time I actually went to a major was at Southern Hills. It was the one that um, Retief Goosen missed, like, the two-foot putt on 18 uh, to uh, to send it to a Monday playoff. It was Retief Goosen and Mark Brooks in the Monday playoff. We were at that Sunday round, and we were in the grandstands right next to 18 Green when Goosen missed that two-foot putt. Really? Mm-hmm. really? Yeah, v- very cool. So I'm looking forward to going back and uh, have a, a a friend that's actually a member at Southern Hills, and he's uh, been kind of sending me you know course updates and stuff when they were going through their renovation a couple years back. And So I'm really looking forward to seeing it. So I've never been to Southern Hills, but it is – Close to the top of my bucket list, only because I remember when when Tour 18 and out in Flower Mound opened, mm-hmm. they I think their 11th hole is a Southern Hills hole. That sounds right, yeah. And it's my favorite hole on that golf course. Mm-hmm. It's one of the prettiest golf holes, and I don't know how close to the replica it is, but I always looked at it and said, this is the best hole on this golf course. I can't wait to play Southern Hills. Oh, I'm telling you. And, and I, so I've, I've never played it. It is awesome since they redid it. So it is very close to the top of my bucket list for that reason. So, um, But Tiger is out there, and he does a practice round, walks the practice round, full walks the practice round. And um, obviously it was a – some guy caddied for him. He didn't have Joe LaCava out there. It was a, I think it was a local caddy or whatever, and he started talking about what the – how crazy it was! How they how they cat how it was. They had helicopters over the top. They had it was it was a what you would expect it a melee a melee, you know it was it was uh, it was crazy with him out there. I bet. So, what are your thoughts? Or do you have any? What on? I mean, on what? Whether he has a chance to win or. Just him playing in general? Well, you, first off, what did the caddy say what impressed him most about Tiger? I saw you, you pulled that story, that article up. Uh, let's see. As you're perusing it. Here's my thought. I, I am a huge Tiger fan. And I'm a huge Tiger fan, A, because he is the greatest I've actually witnessed in my generation. And B, he's awesome for the sport. And whenever things go good for golf, I like it. Yeah. But I'm not sure, and we saw it at the Masters, no matter how healthy or unhealthy he is, just going from major to major to trying to compete, I think is really tough. Yeah. I'd... I think he's got to have some sort of warm-up event. He always used to. You know, go play the Nelson, go play something. Um 
beforehand just to get a hell I don't even care if he withdraws after 36 holes not what everybody wants to see but I, I, I don't know how competitive he can be just going from major to major. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree with you. I mean, I think that there is, you know, a, a certain element of trying to stay kind of fresh. Um, but if you listen to what this caddy says, he said everything is so smooth with him now. His rhythm is great. He hit it straight and plenty far and pitched and putted it great. I know guys can hit, hit it past him now, but watching him work was amazing. He's so meticulous, detailed, and immersed in what he's doing. He was very inquisitive on lines and the best angles. I think he can contend. He's like Michael Jordan late in his career playing defense and hitting jump shots. Whoever <clears throat> whoever wins here is going to have to be a great chipper, and he is still that. So, I mean, he obviously impressed the caddy that was looping for him uh, the other day, and, and if if he still can make some putts and chip, I mean, I think he's he can at least find himself in the mix over the weekend. I, I would never, ever, ever doubt Tiger no. in anything. He's one of the few athletes, I mean, Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, guys like that that you would just be a fool to bet against. Tiger's one of those guys. Yes. Yes, I will. I kind of agree, but I also think there's just no way. Even, I, I'll just say, even when you go look at guys – like football, right? Look at professional football. They have training camp, training camp, training camp. You still need exhibition games or preseason games just to get things going. Before do you? The re- yes, you. I'm sorry, you do. Even that last, the, the next to last one, where all the, you just got to get your competitive juices going to see. So that first time you go out, it doesn't happen. And I just, I just worry that he's not going to be able to be competitive unless he gets himself some competitive, a, a competitive event beforehand. Mm-hmm. But look, he's got he's got a month. He's got three weeks before the uh, PJ Championship. Then he's got exactly a month after that for the U.S. Open. Maybe that's enough. Maybe that you know. Maybe the PJ Championships will warm up for the U.S. Open. Maybe the U.S. Opens will warm up for the British Open. Maybe by then, and that's the one you know he's really yeah geared I, up for. I think that's the one that uh, the Masters and then the British. I think were the two that he probably had circled as, hey, I think I can legitimately maybe contend here just because he's got so much history at both the the Opens at um, St Andrews this year. So yeah, I mean i I don't know if he can if he can compete at Southern Hills. I know he's won there before. But the the country club in Brookline, the, where the U.S. Open is this year, that's the one that I, I don't, I, I don't think he's probably circled as, hey, I really feel like I've got a chance here. But that doesn't mean it's not, it's not feasible. Like I said, it's he's one of the very few athletes in the history of sports that you just would be stupid to bet against. Right there with you. All right, let's move on to the Saudi tour, the Live Tour, the L, whatever it's called. Um. So they have said they have 70 guys committed, 15 of the top 100 players, did they say? Is that right? I I haven't read a lot about that this week. Uh, That sounds right from kind of the tweets and things that I saw. I've watched some blogs to trying to pick who the 15 of the top 100 is that they think they're going. But Phil has said, or his his agent has said he's in. And so 
the first one's in London at the Centurion Club. Okay. Um, and um, we know Robert Garrigus is asked to go. Um, and so that's all we know. They haven't divulged the field yet, which makes me believe this is all smoke and mirrors. But, but Phil's in. <clears throat> Who knows about the other 15 that are in the top 100? But here's the thing. This one in London, or in England, is okay because if you're a PGA Tour member, you can ask for permission to go, right? Mm-hmm. And they've asked for permission. And they, the PGA Tour let them go play at the Saudi event, so precedent has been set. But the rules stayed on the PGA Tour very clearly that can't play another tour inside the United States with a, against a conflicting event. Right. So this first one seems like it's going to be okay. It's after this first one is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I I just don't know. I, I I But I wonder why we're still talking about it. And I think the only reason why we're still talking about it is because Phil put his foot in his mouth. And um, he's... He's a big name, and we're wondering what's going to happen. And he's actually thinking about going over. He hasn't played since he put his foot in his mouth, and I don't know how big of this, how big of a deal is this. To be determined, I suppose. I mean, we'll see once they actually put a tee in the ground for one of these events and see who's there, who's not there. Whether it's so, what would it take? Sustainable. What would it take for you to watch it? Oh, I mean, Mickelson's going to be in it uh, allegedly. Who else needs to be in there for you to say, okay, I'll... I, uh, Ian Poulter? No. Lee I mean, Westwood? Well, I mean, given what we do for Christian a Christian tight? I'll, I'll probably watch it regardless. Robert Carrigus? That No. I mean, none of those guys necessarily move the needle. John Daly? Maybe. Dan Marino. Dan Marino? Yes, Dan Marino. If Dan Marino plays, I'm in. I, I mean, Bubba Watson? What name can I, I mean, get that's you? That's the second best name that you've mentioned so far. Tiger's not playing. No. Jordan's not playing. No. Rory's not playing. No. Dustin's not playing. I mean. Justin Thomas isn't playing. Justin Xander Thomas, not Sanders playing. not playing. Bryson's I mean, yeah, not playing. Yeah, Bryson's not playing for a while. Yeah, but I mean, your top 10 or 15 guys, no. Probably not many of them are going to be there. So, I don't know. I mean, I'll probably still watch it just because. Conrad Schindler. I, I, of course I would watch it if Conrad was in it because he's my buddy. How much fun would it be if they got to the final round and its final pairing is Mickelson and Conrad. <laughs> that would be something else. I would be pulling for Conrad to beat Phil Mickelson. I think everybody would be, wouldn't they? What a Cinderella story. That would be a big deal, yeah. 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 Anyway. Alright, I guess that's enough about talking about that. I, I I bring it up every week just because... Well, I mean, because there's always a little nugget here and there that kind of every week, there's just one more little thing that comes out. But yeah, I mean, we'll know whenever they actually have a tournament. I mean, it's rumored that Mickelson's getting paid $45 million. Boy, I'm telling you what. I mean, that's a lot of money, dude. I mean, do you blame him? $45 million? I blame how he handled it. Well, if, I, if I'll he give said, that, look, but... I'm 52 years old. I'm not competitive. I've gotten one top ten in the last two years. I did win that tournament, and it was a major, but I've had one top ten in the last two years, and so I'm not competitive anymore on the PGA Tour. $45 million sets me up for life, and if any of you guys had that offer, you'd take it too, and I'm no. taking it. Let's and that would be the well, end of it, right? The one thing I disagree with is that you, he said $45 million sets me up for life. He's already set for life 
He has generational money. Buddy, you don't have any idea what he's lost in gambling. I, that's fine, but it couldn't be enough to where that $45 million is making or breaking the rest of his life. There's no possible way. If he had lost that much money gambling, he wouldn't He wouldn't still be married. I mean, that's... They, I've heard... Hey, look, there's stories that she's a bigger gambler than he is. Well, I don't know. Maybe they're, maybe they're just... Thelma and Louise holding hands as they drive off the cliff <laughs> together. I don't know, but that just... It seems like if he, if he had lost that much money... I just I can't imagine that's the case. I mean, he's probably made a couple hundred million dollars just on tour. Yeah. Well, we'll see. All right, that that uh, segment's brought to you by Arcus Golf. You know Arcus through Cowboys, but they've got a couple of private clubs in town, Lantana and Gentle Creek. And that's they've... one I need to get up to as well. Cowboys. I haven't played Cowboys in like a year. Oh, you got to go play. I'm actually might be playing next week. Maybe I'll. Uh, Hook you up on that. Yeah, we'll see. All right, coming up next, we went on press trips. We did. We're going to talk about it. But first, let's talk about Pure Swing Golf because my golf game got there. And take two in three, two, one. My golf game is really in good shape right now. Hitting the ball really well. I'm putting very well. And I owe it all to Anthony Broussard over at Pure Swing Golf. Now, you don't need to go see Anthony when you go to Pure Swing Golf. Good Lord. But you can see their other instructors as well. Anthony's a great teacher, but they do have other instructors there that you can go see if Anthony's booked up or if you can't get in to see him. They have a lot of world-class guys over there that will really get your game in shape. Yes, I I know my friends. Some of my friends go see Sam. And they love him. And by the way, they are awesome at what they do. They have a they have a great setup. They have every piece of equipment that you need to know what's going on. And look, it's all about science, right? You hit the golf ball, they look at the screen, they tell you exactly what the st- statistics are, and they can tell you this is what we need to do to fix that. Mm-hmm. And it within 30 minutes, you're hitting the ball so much better. I don't care if you're a beginner. I don't care if you're an expert. By going on to their systems, you will become a better player, especially with their instruction. It is a perfect place to go to go do this and anthony saw me we went and played together you and i went and go went and played with anthony he had already fixed my golf swing and then he looked at my putting and said we need to fix that and he changed my grip dramatically and showed me other pros he just sent me text messages that look at these pros that are using the same grip that i'm telling you to grip grip it as he showed me lauren roberts who was one of the best putters on tour the ever boss of the moss and it was unbelievable and my game has is trans has transformed and i'm so happy you got to go to pure swing golf go to pureswinggolf.com go see anthony go see sam go see all their instructors they're awesome and i promise you you will be hitting the ball better pureswinggolf.com on sports radio 96 7 and 13 10 the ticket 919 on the ticket you got the t-box out of crest cars crestcars.com by the way they've got uh get this it's if you want a car today, car today. Normally, if you wanted any kind of luxury car, you're ordering it, and it's taking you three to four months. That's any luxury vehicle right now. But they have 2022 Escalades in stock. Do they wow. now? In stock. You want an Escalade? You can drive up right now and say, I want one. Yep, we'll give one. you one. This is, there there can't be many today. spots that have them available. You're it's got to be one of you. I know you lease your cars, and you still got plenty of time on your list. You ain't getting one today. 
But they also have uh, the QX60s in stock. By the way, the QX60, that's an Infinity. It's a, I think, the ed- entry-level luxury three-row SUV. And it's front-wheel drive, too. So if you're worried about bad weather, it's a front-wheel drive car. So I, I recommend it. I had one once. Didn't suck. There's an endorsement for you, right? Yes, it didn't suck. <laughs> We're going to talk a little draft later because we are going to 1030, and um, Eli is a draft savant. And... No, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's not do that. Yeah. I'll give you my thoughts on the first couple of picks. But, yeah. I wouldn't say savant. is That's strong. I remember you used to buy something, didn't you? Like a big book of some sort did no uh, we have uh, a good friend of mine matt hansa he uh him and his brother josh they get the dane Bruler draft guide every year yeah and so we you know we all what's that them. cost uh i want to say it's like 10 or 15 bucks it's not, oh that's it's, all yeah it's not bad oh i thought it was like a couple hundred no 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 it's not it's not anything like that uh but uh, dane writes for the athletic and he does a comprehensive draft guide and so we will all kind of you know, send back and forth our mock drafts and who we like and who we don't like and all that kind of good stuff. And, again, this year I didn't have as much time to look at it as I usually do. But By the we'll, way, i we'll got to give it, before we go into all this, got to give a shout-out to Bob Sturm. Oh, yeah. He, he said if they uh, – He would retire. He would retire <laughs> if they took – and they took him. And uh, he needs to retire for one day just to live up to it. Yeah. He just needs to say, hey, Thursday I'm retiring. And he retires, takes a day off. No, says, with no pay, like doesn't get paid yep. for that one day. Just, yeah, they, it's really, they decided retirement wasn't for me. Yeah. I'm back. Oh. It's a good day. Oh. But I, I, nope. I, you know, it's not his personality to do bits like that, and I give him credit. That was really cool. It is funny. So, he got picked up by the New York Post, though. Did you see that? I did see that. That was pretty yeah. funny. Yeah, so pretty cool. All right. So we're, we're kind of uh, low on time, so – you went on a longer press trip than I did, so I'm going to do mine first. Okay. And so I went out to the greatness that is Hot Springs Village, Arkansas. Never been there. I've always heard good things, though. So there is Hot Springs, Arkansas, and there's Hot Springs Village. Okay. And the only way I knew anything about Hot Springs, Arkansas was when, I'll never forget, this is almost 30 years ago. When my wife and I decided we, I got a big job offer coming down to Dallas, and we're coming to Dallas. We're driving from Baltimore to Dallas. And my wife doesn't even know. We're, we're coming from freaking Baltimore in the northeast, and she's like, I don't even know what I'm doing going to Dallas. I don't know anything about it. We didn't even do a, a visit trip. I, I got a corporate apartment for 90 days online. We figured we'd find a house when we got here. So we're driving, and in the middle... You know, we kind of said, you know, we should probably just stop and do something on the way, right? So we stopped in Hot Springs, Arkansas, and she said, we should do the springs and we should get a massage. Well, I'm 20-some years old. I'd never gotten a massage before, ever. So, okay, I'll, I'll try it. So I get him. So we go in, we stay at whatever the nicest hotel is, and or nice hotel. I don't know at the time. I was 20, 22 years old, or 23 years old, whatever it was. And uh, the way they did massages back then was it was a one giant room with about 20 tables, and you're getting massaged next to 19 other guys, and the and 
I'm homophobic as it is, and I was really homophobic back then. And the largest human being I've ever known is giving me a massage. And I'm as tense as tense can be. And he kept saying, you need to relax. You need to relax. And finally, 30 minutes left in massage. He goes, this isn't going well for you, is it? I said, yeah, not really. He goes, let's just end it now. And uh, so, <laughs> so that was the only time I'd ever known anything about Hot Springs. But Hot Springs Village is right next to it. And we went and played their three golf courses. And I went with the Brothers Black. If anybody knows Ticket Lord, I went with the Brothers Black and my buddy Russ. And we went and drove out there. It was not nearly as far as I thought. It's only a four-hour drive in the rain. I'm a little worried about it. Get this. I looked it up. They put us up in a house on a lake. Well, in Lake DeSoto, that would have cost $170 a night. It was on a lakefront property in Arkansas for $170 a night. It's pretty good. The house was for sale. Care to guess how much a lakefront three-bedroom, two-bath house is in Hot Springs, Arkansas? On a lake with a dock. $450,000. $231,000. Not bad at all. How about that? Mm-hmm. Makes it makes Hot Springs Village a little attra- a lot attractive, doesn't it? Sure does. So we played three golf courses. I'll mess up the names, but we played Granada, Isabella, and Cortez. <coughs> you want to talk about elevation changes and really big trees and really good conditions and bent grass greens? This place had it all. It was really, really, really nice. Um, we played thirty six first day and. I'm just going to say we had to have ga- we had gas carts because you had to going up and down the hills, and it was just beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. The restaurants inside the golf courses were not like anything I'd ever seen. The Sunday morning, as we wake up and we went down to the first course, um, it looked like a bed and breakfast brunch was going on inside of this, and it was like it was tablecloth. Uh, tablecloths on the tables and waffles the size of you know frisbees it's pretty awesome we didn't get to eat because we needed to go we needed to go play the other 18 but uh i'm i will tell you for a awesome inexpensive really good golf trip i highly recommend hot springs village we went to their nicest steakhouse i think it was jp steakhouse Steak and salad and sides and dessert. It was 50 bucks all in per person for a prime steak. And uh, we, we just had a blast. We absolutely had a blast, and I highly recommend it. And uh, the only downside of it is there wasn't one thing that happened on the golf course that was absolutely memorable. Like nobody made an eagle, nobody had a hole-in-one, nobody got hit <laughs> Hitting the head with a golf ball. Um, nothing happened that was like a, a wow moment, but the golf was really, really good and really special. And um, I watched Russ drink because his knee was hurting him. He had three cigars, six beers, and six fireball shots Ooh, buddy. in one day. Boy, that'll, uh, that'll cure what ails you. And he was upright the entire time. I give him credit. Mm-hmm. The cigars would have killed me. Yeah. Just would have killed me. 
So it was really fun. Recommend it. Sounds like a good trip. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk about Eli's because it was way longer with way more golf and a lot of fun, right? Yep. We're talking about the state of Mississippi, and he'll tell you about it next. And Sports Radio 96.7 and 13.10, the ticket. Lightning crashes. That was not my favorite song of live. By the way, we have an update on uh, who's leading the live collective soul. <laughs> I'm sure everyone's just glued to their radios to hear I'm the kinda interested. final outcome I'm going to look this. it up. I'm interested. Um... I can't find it. You'll have to do it. Okay. All right. Well done. T-Box out at uh, Crest Cars. By the way, you can get a Q50, which is a great luxury vehicle for only four twenty nine a month. In today's, oh, sorry. In today's day and age, getting a car for four twenty nine a month is pretty good. And you can get a uh, CT4, which is a Cadillac, four oh nine a month. Pretty good stuff. By the way, we're, I'm going to give another plug to uh, Ham's Meat Markets today because uh, because we like Tony. Just because I feel like it. Yes, that's brought to you by Ham's. All right, let's talk. Eli's got the floor. You okay over there, bud? Yeah. Okay. Doing good. All right, good. Let's talk about where you are this week. Well, uh, a couple months back, we um, we got a uh, invite to a press trip. To Mississippi, and I decided that uh, yeah, I'll I'll uh, partake in this one, even though it was kind of our magazine deadline week. I, I needed to go on one of these trips because uh, Pam uh, Shaheen's one of our main advertisers, and uh, she wanted somebody to be along for this one to Mississippi. And she handles Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, mm-hmm. almost every little state-run organization. She that has golf she handles you bet yeah mainly uh like sec country yes but and she's also a big georgia fan do you know that i did not know that yeah she was wearing a georgia like championship hat the whole time no way yeah for sure so yeah next time you uh email back and forth you've got something that uh you can chit chat about but so this trip starts on a sunday and i got home uh yesterday afternoon late Five, that's a long time. It's a lot of golf. For a lot of golf and people you don't know. Absolutely. And so who else was there? Any other media? Yeah, there were about eight or nine of us, I think. And one of the gentlemen I had met before, his name is uh, Fred. And Fred, I had actually met on my trip to French Lick, Indiana a few okay. years back. And so he was the only guy that I knew. But uh, generally speaking, the people that go on these trips are of the older variety. Usually 55 plus, and they're they're and, and there's nothing wrong with that, um, but they're mainly golf writers, bloggers. There's some course raiders that'll go sometimes, um, and I knew that going in that the majority uh, of the guys would probably be a little bit uh, older than I was. Well, there was one uh, gentleman that was along with us uh, named Tim Corser, and Tim is the first ever person to go on one of these trips that Pam has put on that his title is Influencer. Huh. So most of the guys are writers. You know, they'll do an article or they'll do whatever when we get back from these trips, myself included. I'll I'll write a travel feature on this for uh, later in the year. Well, Tim, he has an Instagram following in Michigan, 
and it's like 517golf is the Instagram handle. And you'll never see anybody that takes more pictures and video during a round of golf than this guy. Was it a beating? No, no, not at all. I mean, he was very cool about it, and, you know, I, I don't mind it. He, you know, but he would ask, hey, man, do you mind if I video this or that or whatever? And, you know, he'd get out and he'd be taking pictures of this or videoing that. And he had like a little, <coughs> um, almost looked like an alignment stick that you would use like on the driving range, but it had a little magnet on it, and he would stick it in the ground and then magnet his phone to it so he could take video while he was swinging. Okay. <coughs> and so he did this like throughout every round he played. I only played with him, I think, three times, but we kind of rotated who we played with. Um, so that was kind of interesting, getting to see how an actual like Instagram influencer kind of works. Any females on the trip? Uh, n- I mean, other than Pam, uh, there was um, one other. Um, she was, I think, the golf and sports program manager for uh, like the Mississippi Travel Bureau or something. Her name was Whitney, and Whitney actually, her boyfriend lives in Dallas and is a ticket listener. Oh, so. So we uh, and she was kind of one of the only ones that would, you know, stay out a little bit later and have some drinks and that kind of thing. Um, a lot of these guys, again, since they were a little bit older, once we were kind of done with golf and activities for the day, they would go on. That was it. Go on to the biscuit and, and get some shut eye. Um, whereas, you well, know, weren't us, you mostly staying in casinos? Uh, the first two nights we were in casinos. Um, we also just one other quick uh, aside. We did have an 85-year-old that went with us. No way. 85. His name is uh, Alan Hoskins, and he um, represents, I believe, Kansas City Tea Times Magazine or something like that. Oh, I know him. <clears throat> Been writing. I know forever. him. Yeah, smoker too, right? Uh, no, no. Um, the the guy you're thinking of was on that trip as well. Uh, Danny. He's the one that's the. He, and like every time you'd look up, he'd be tugging a coffin nail he looks 85 uh, well the smoking will do that <laughs> but alan he didn't play much like he didn't bring his clubs along or anything but he would rent clubs and he would get out there and he would he told me he goes i've got three rules he goes i don't hit out of bunkers i don't get the ball out of the hole and i don't uh i don't play more than you know a couple of shots here and there i'll chip or putt and uh surprisingly not a bad player and in fact the second round uh, I hit my tee shot, and he goes, well, I'm just going to drop one next to you and, you know, just hit from here. And I'm like, sure, no problem. And so he goes out there, and he drops a ball, and he kind of pulls it left over by the bunker, probably hit it 105 yards or something like that with his driver, three wood or whatever it was. And then he proceeds to pull out, like, a hybrid club from, like, 65 yards and rolls it in the hole for an eagle Wow! <laughs> at 85 years old. He also told me, that he was 81 when he had his first hole-in-one ever. He had played golf his whole life and never wow. had one until he was 81. And then he had three in 11 months. Really? From the time he was 81 until he was 82, he had three hole-in-ones. He had never had one before. Anyway. Wow. So, uh, needless to say, the group was pretty uh, diverse. Older? A, a little bit older, but uh, but all really good guys. And uh, so we started out flying into Gulfport, and we played at Windance Country Club. Uh, which is a property that's owned by the View Casino uh, down there in Gulfport. Nice little casino. We stayed there the first night. Uh, course was good. It was really the only day that we got wind. Um, and I get off the plane not expecting much. I haven't really been playing all that great. Anthony Broussard, we played at Los Colinas Country Club, gave me a really good tip for my iron game a couple weeks back when we played with him. And I've been kind of working on it a little bit around the house when I've been, you know, I'll just grab a club and kind of kind of swing. And the first day, I just I, I couldn't have played any better. I mean, really hit every fairway. I was hitting every green. I made a mile worth of putts. Uh, I ended up shooting seventy five. 
just right off the plane. Of course, so. you've never seen. Uh, of course, never seen. Good. Yeah, and then the wind was blowing a pretty good bit. So uh, yeah, I actually played really well the first day. And wind dance a nice course. I mean, it's not going to change your life by any stretch of the imagination. But if you're ever down in that area, it's very affordable. It's I the believe, greens are really good. I believe that casino is a smoke-free casino too, isn't it? They it's smoke-free. Like on the casino floor, they have designated areas even still inside. But you have to be like they've kind of got them in the corners. Okay, so. Yes, you're not going to just get blown away by yes. by cigarette smoke while you're in the casino. How'd you do in the casino? Uh, you know what? I didn't play much, and I am completely lost as to how to decode the slot machines they have now. They don't just have, like, the old-school one-armed bandit that has, like, the reels. They're all digital now, and it's... I, I hate to say it, but it's like the most mindless form of gambling ever. Like you just, all Press you're doing button, is literally right? just pushing a button over yep. and over. And you don't even know, like whether you're winning or losing, you don't know why you're winning or losing. Like you might, oh, well, I just won 40 credits. And then you look up at the screen and you're like, uh, how did I just win? And then same thing, you'll see, you know, seven or eight of the same little matching glyphs or whatever are on the screen. And you're like, oh, that's got to be something. And then you look down and you're like, that's well, Bubkus. How was that? No, I, I don't get it. So the slot machines are a little different than, you know, the ones that I kind of started gambling with. And I don't really play a lot of table games anymore. Why not? I just, well, the blackjack tables, the casinos weren't that crowded because, A, this was like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday we were yeah. in the casino. So they weren't very crowded. So none of the tables were really open. Uh, there were a couple of blackjack tables open. There was like a Baccarat table that was open. But the blackjack tables were basically full. Oh. And they're like, you know, they're uh, 10 or 25 bucks, and I'm not going to play a $25 hand minimum table. And, you know, it's just, I'm not here to, you know, whiz away $300 in 10 minutes. So get this as an aside. Went to the casino for one night in Hot Springs. Mm -hmm. Chip free. Really? Everything's on a, every, like you go to the blackjack table, there's a screen, right? Like, a, like an iPad right in front of there. Mm -hmm. You put your money in. You want to bet? Five dollars, hit the five dollars, and um, you have a dealer, and she deals, and you say you hit or win, whatever, and she'll hit a button, say whether you win or lost. Interesting. Even in the craps table, somebody rolled, but you had a screen in front of you, every one of those, and you just bet based on the screen, and for some way, somehow, the the bottom of the craps table knew, read what the uh, what the roll was. Interesting. So, yeah, I I didn't I didn't love it. I have to admit I I'd much rather play with the cards and play with the chips and. Yeah, I mean it's it's that's the way we were used to doing right. it. Uh, the one good thing though is the, all the casinos in uh, Mississippi now, and I, I I don't know why I didn't know this. I guess I just haven't kept up with gaming laws in different states, but they have sports books now. And so if you want to go and bet on Mavs, Stars, Rangers, whatever, yep. you can go in there and do it. Now, uh, the casino we stayed at the first couple of days, their sports book was more, it was kind of like a little kiosk more than it was anything else. Mm -hmm. um, the second resort we stayed at, it actually had like a sports book with TVs and stuff where you could go in there and actually watch the game. Where was this? Uh, that was at the Silver Star Casino at okay, Pearl River I Resort. I love those golf courses. Uh, okay, so the second day we played uh, Diamond Head Country Club, the Cardinal course. Again, uh, nothing that's going to change your life, but they've got two courses there in really good shape. The greens were good, got good weather, so that was nice. They've got these, you know, giant pine trees everywhere. It's just not like the golf we see here, you know. Um, it, it feels more like you're in Georgia. I mean, it's definitely like deep south. Right. And um, 
so we did that uh, second day. That was actually happened to be my birthday, and so they were very kind and you know make you cake. They didn't have a cake, but they brought me like a dessert with a little candle in it and there everything, you go. which was cool. Um, the third day we played forty one, huh? Forty one. Yep. Happy birthday, by the way. Thank you. I think I wish you had a birthday, didn't you? Yeah, you text me. Yeah. I, I didn't get you a gift. I'm I'm just gonna save that for the wedding gift. Yeah, fair enough. That's fine. Um, so Tuesday we played at the Grand Bear Golf Club, which is a Nicholas signature course. Sounds it. Yeah, no doubt. And I, I gotta say, I think of all the ones we played, this was my favorite. Really? It was fantastic. And I'm usually not a big fan of Nicholas designed golf courses. This one is in the middle of the DeSoto National Forest. So like you turn off this two lane highway and then you drive about 20 or 25 minutes back into the woods. And there is nothing around this. No houses, no, there's no noise, there's no airport near it. I mean, it is as peaceful as you will ever be on a golf course. Um, All you can hear is just people, you know, you can hear the occasional kind of tee shot in the background. But it was an awesome, awesome golf course. A lot of fun. It kind of, there's a river that kind of winds through it. Um, It was my favorite of the trip. And I know that you had told me that you liked uh, Dancing Rabbit quite a bit because you'd played there years back and um i liked dancing rabbit quite a bit uh the greens weren't quite as good as some of the other courses they were a little slow but the elevation and stuff it it, it almost kind of reminded you of augusta a little bit it was it's very it's a tom fazio design mm-hmm. and it's very cool and it's the first golf course i ever played i think it was the first tom fazio course i design course i ever played but you can't see another hole from wherever you are Yes. You're on a certain hole. You can't see another hole. Not not many, yeah. And, right. I, and I, I just thought that was I'm – I'm sure they've lost trees or gained trees or whatever since then. But to me, that was really awesome. Yeah. It was, and it was it, really, really fun for that reason. I just thought that was so cool. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, and it's right there next to the Pearl River Resort, too. And they've got two courses. They've got the Azaleas course and they have the Oaks course. And we only were able to play nine holes on the Oaks course. But it looked like it was really good, too. So the, That – the trip – the press trip I took, I – with it, I played both those courses, and they were awesome. Um, but I also remember, and you'll laugh at this, going into the casino, John Daly, this was 20-some years ago when I started the magazine. It might have been one of the first press trips I took. And John Daly's roped off, and he's in between two $100 slot machines. And this was when you still pulled the arm, right? And he's playing one the other. One and the other. And he's probably doing and he's roped max, off. max bet on each I one watched of them him, I watched him as he was playing get a haircut. I watched him get his nails done. I watched him eat a sandwich. And I watched him eat about drink about 40 beers. And he never left. I don't ever remember him even getting up to go to the bathroom. And I just remember how, I mean, it was right after one of his major wins. I just remember how remarkable that was that he's that big of a gambler. He's in between two $100 slot machines, roped off, and was getting all that done right in the middle of the Silver Star Casino. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that cracked me up. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, both courses good. The resort was really nice. I mean, we enjoyed That's the one that had the, the sports book. So I, you know, laid down a bet on the stars, and we went to dinner, and I kind of was keeping up with it on my phone. And. Ended up winning about 50 bucks on the Mavericks Atta one boy. night and then 60 bucks on the Stars the next night and didn't really lose a lot on the slot machine. So I think I came out about 40 or 50 bucks ahead um, from both casinos, which anytime you can walk out of a casino up any money, you're always thrilled. But um, I will say, you know, a couple of the things we got to do, we got to go to the um, 
uh, Mississippi Aquarium, which was actually really neat. It had been forever since I had been to an aquarium. Really? And uh, apparently BP Oil, whenever they had that whole disaster that, you know, just wreaked havoc upon the Mississippi coast, like the Gulf, Gulf Coast shoreline, uh, that was kind of their, hey, we're sorry. So they built this aquarium. They gave them the money to build this really, really nice aquarium, which has <clears throat> good for them tons of fish and an aviary and sea otters and dolphins and all kinds of stuff. It was really neat. And another day we were actually able to go to the Mississippi uh, History Museum, and then attached to that is the Mississippi Civil Rights Museum, which was very eye-opening to think that, you know, a lot of that stuff was going on only, you know, 50, 60 years yeah. ago. And, um, you know, they've got the the rifle that was used to assassinate Medgar Evers, and they've got, um, you know, a lot of artifacts from just the civil rights movement in general, a lot of information on that. I mean, you could spend hours and hours in there if you wanted to, but it was a very eye-opening tour and something that I really enjoyed. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was it was a, a really good trip. The golf was great. I played as good as I've ever played in my life for six days. Wow. I'm not terribly sore. I, I broke 80 every day but one. Uh, made a mile of putts, um, really liked all the courses. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Mississippi's it, – it, it far exceeded my expectations. You think, oh, Mississippi, you know, how good could the golf be? But the courses we played, a lot of them were really, really good. The casinos were nice. It's it's a, a very, very good state. And we started down kind of in Gulfport and then worked our way up through Hattiesburg and did all that and then ended up in Jackson and so got to see a good bit of the state and played some good golf, made some new friends, and, yeah, it was a lot, a lot of fun. Very good, very good. Yeah, I I did that trip back when the Viking, um, tur- the PGA Tour, the Viking, whatever they used to call it, mm-hmm. and I actually played in a pro am. They ended with playing in a pro am there, and uh, if I told you the pro that I played with, I have it on my wall somewhere. Um, I I I don't even remember the guy's name. He never he was from Canada. He never made it, but. Played a pro am. The only time I've ever played in a, in a real pro am, where it was like you know ball down, go. Sure. And I had a really good time. And you're right, Mississippi courses are way better than you would expect. You would have ever imagined, yep. no doubt. If you can get to Grand Bear, I mean that's. I'm not kidding. I think Grand Bear might be. In where the was top. Gra- Where was Grand Bear at? Uh, it was in the Desoto National Forest. I think I'm, I'd have to look up the actual name of the, the actual city. Where'd you stay that night? Uh, mm-hmm. We stayed at the. Pearl River that night, but we after we played Grand Bear, we drove like three hours north. Oh, really? So it was it was basically in between Gulfport and Hattiesburg. Because I'll kind of tell you there. too, the last time I was at Gulf, Gulfport, which actually, ironically, you'll laugh, but I was taking my son to college in Jacksonville, and on the way back, my wife and I stopped. She went to one of the spas, and I went in to the casino. But as I was in the casino, one guy was saying, "Hey, you know, fishing's perfect right now." He's. I'm about to go out, and he had just won a jackpot of something on some table he was on, and I said, "Wow, I'm a big fisherman." He goes, "Why don't you come with me?" So I went out with a stranger on a boat in Biloxi, Mississippi, or wherever it was, and had a flipping blast catching fish nonstop because the guy knew what he was doing. It was just awesome. It was just awesome. Yeah. And, uh, uh, Grand Bear, by the way, is in Saucier, Mississippi. Saucier, Mississippi, Saucier, Mississippi. So, yeah, awesome golf course. So it's it, one of the more surprising courses I've ever stepped foot on where you got out there and went, whoa, uh, okay, all right, this is good. And it, it, it might be in my top 15 courses I've ever played. How about that? Yep. All right, 
That was uh, Eli on his press trip. You got another one scheduled anytime soon? No. You got a wedding coming up. Yeah, I've so. got, I got way too many irons in the fire right now. For I really didn't have time to do this one, but I made it work. And uh, But, yeah, I would definitely go, go on another one for sure. So, All right, hey, so I'm making a change on the next segment. Okay. Because you brought something up in that one that reminded me that this past week I did something I hadn't done in a long time. And I'll tell you about it next. Hey, so, you know, when you go seven days for golf in a trip like that, you need stuff. You need equipment, you need balls, you need shoes, you need gloves, you need apparel, you need everything. And there's really only one place to go get that stuff, Eli, and that is the greatness of PGA Tour Superstore. They have everything. They've got anything you need. They've got every brand you want. They've got at every price level. So if you think, hey, look, I need a, I need a driver. Well, guess what? They've got drivers probably from two hundred dollars all the way up to eight hundred dollars. You bet. They've got everything you would need. They've got every brand you'd want. They are, they probably have more golf club equipment and more golf apparel than any place else in the world. And if you are a ticket listener, you can benefit because you can get twenty dollars off a hundred on your on your order, or you can get fifty dollars off two fifty, two hundred fifty bucks, two separate deals. And you can do that by just mentioning the T-Box when you check out. So all you got to do is you grab the stuff you want, go to the front, and just go, T-Box. And the guy will look at you, and he'll smile, and then he will take either $20 off $100 or $50 off $250. And by the way, you can do a club fitting there. All you got to do is do it online, and you put promo code T-Box in, and you can get a free fitting. It's $150 value, and it's worth it. And uh, by the way, you do that, and then they tell you these are the clubs you want, then you can get $50 off of them just by saying T-Box again. So go to PGA Tour Superstores. They've got four locations in the area, two up here, and one in Southlake, and one in Arlington. PGA Tour Superstores, if they don't have it, you don't need it. On Sports Radio 96.7 and 1310, The Ticket. 1001, <clears throat> excuse me, 1001 on the ticket, you got the T-Box. Uh, extra hour or so. Um, going to try to get some help because Eli's got to leave at 1030. So that last segment, I'm going to get a little help from my friends somewhere. But uh, I bet you can probably make it work. We got we'll, it. We'll figure something out. I will say that uh, it is 10 o'clock. We don't need to talk about golf anymore, right? That's true. So 10-10, we'll talk about the draft and what you're thoughts are and i have one thought um but first i did something last week i hadn't done maybe in seven or eight years the dallas stars were playing the las vegas whatever they're called golden 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 Knights. knights thank you i bet on this game that's the one i bet on and i went to it oh and I haven't been to a hockey game in a long time. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but didn't grow up. A ho- so I grew up. I grew up in um, in Baltimore, and, and we we had a we had a minor league hockey team, and then Washington Capitals came. So we kind of had a you know you had to drive an hour to go see hockey, but we did. And then I went to grad school in Rochester, New York, and they had a at the time they had an unaffiliated minor league team. The Rochester Amherst. And the problem with having a unaffiliated 
team was they had guys called up and down and back and forth all the time. And I would I would go to the games. They had a they had a college thing where you go for three bucks. So you didn't have anything to do. And there's a hockey game. Hey, three bucks. But the problem is when you're getting guys coming in, and that morning and they're playing that after that evening. There's no time to run plays or do other. So it seemed to me, and somebody confirmed it to me back then, was basically what they did was they got to the middle of the, of the ice and they hit it as far as they could down to one of the corners and they raced to it. And it didn't seem like there was a lot of plays going on. And so I never embraced the game of hockey as, you know, the most awesome game. But... As I, as I moved to Dallas and the stars came and I kind of got more into it, didn't really understand the game that well, but it was fun to watch. And I don't know why in the last five or six years I hadn't gone to a game. Maybe the stars weren't top of mind. Maybe it was that big, um, I don't know whether it was a lockout or a strike, but I didn't go. So we did a deal with the stars this year and uh, they gave us some tickets and I took advantage of them. And Good seats. They were really good seats. Yeah. I was right at center ice, the last, maybe the last row in the lower bowl. Okay. Yeah, those are good seats. Yeah. You know what? I think the down by the glass seats are the most overrated seats maybe in professional sports. No matter where It seems you, like it would be cool to do like once, but you just don't get to see much. The I will say the interesting thing about it all is I don't care what seat you're in, except if you're behind the glass there's always a spot on the on the ice where you won't be able to see it i don't care what seat you're in there's always going to be somewhere there that you're going to have trouble you know you're going to be peering over or you have to look at the screen and that's okay yeah it's so fast moving um a couple observations i didn't realize how many times the dallas stars ice girls had to go in there and do work on the ice and Mm -hmm. it was almost every break i don't remember that not that I had issues with it. <laughs> um, it's still very fast-moving. I um, I was surprised because I know the big names, right? I know Jamie Benn. I know Tyler Seguin. Sagan. Sagan. Tyler Sagan, yeah. Who looked like the slowest guy on the ice to me. Tyler Sagan? Yes. No. Um, he looked yeah, at me. getting up there a little bit, buddy. That's what I'm thinking. That's... He's, <laughs> And so it was really, really fun. I knew that the Stars needed to win the game outright to clinch a playoff berth. Well, they needed to win in regulation. In regulation, yes. That's what I meant. In regular, not, not outright, in regulation. And so I, was, I, was, I didn't know the reasons why. I didn't know Las Vegas was still involved. But it's going to overtime. The game's tied with a couple of minutes left. I was surprised they didn't pull the goalie just to try to – clinch but i didn't realize that there were still more games to play so mm-hmm. then we get to a shootout it's the best part that was one of the most exciting things that you've ever seen and it was really really fun and the I, right in the middle of the shootout so nobody's scoring so they would go for the first three or four guys and they go to the fifth guy and i see the coach of the dallas stars go to some guy and tap him and say you're next and the guy wasn't prepared. He had to put his helmet on. He had to put his gloves on. He was not prepared to go. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of those guys, those shootouts usually never get more than about three or four guys deep. Really? No. So no. And so then they went to Nico Has- 
Haskin number four. Nico Haskinen. Uh, Miro Haskinen. Yes. Miro, Miro Haskinen. Miro Haskinen, and he he scored the goal to win it, mm-hmm. and it was awesome. And I think and that was, was the ninth round. I think of that. It shootout. was six or seven. I think it was more than that. Really? I think so. So the so the. The only reason I say that is because I had money on this game, and for some reason, I couldn't get it on my ESPN Plus, and it obviously wasn't on TV in Mississippi because it's a different market, and so I was having to kind of follow along on Twitter <laughs> to see what was going on, and uh, I kept going, oh my god, I can't believe it's in a shootout, and then it just kept going on and on. I'm just literally just pulling down on my phone screen to refresh Twitter couldn't to see listen what's on the sports going day, on. Sports day app? I, I, I tried to get it in like the... The Wi-Fi was a little bit sketchy, and it kind of kept cutting out. And so, yeah. Anyway, but but I think it went like I think it went eight or nine rounds, which is unusually long for a shootout. It is. Um, Jason Robertson was awesome through the whole game. Well, he's been good all year. He's. I'll just say he finds his way. He's not magical. Like he's not like when you watch Wayne Gretzky, he could make moves. Like he just finds a way to get open. Mm-hmm. And he he was. I mean, for somebody just watching, it was really cool. But the one thing. That I noticed through the whole shootout was Jamie Ben was never in the shootout, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Wait a minute! Isn't he like our best player? He's our captain. You rely on him." And for the first time in my entire life, I had to send an email to Bob Sturm, and I I'd never sent him an email. Never had an you know. And I said, "Bob, you know, I went to a hockey game yesterday. I had a really really good time, but I have to ask why didn't Jamie? Why wasn't Jamie Ben in the shootout?" you have any ideas why? Do you, Kern, or Eli? No, I'm not sure. Would you have thought that he'd be first or second in well, the shootout? Well, I mean, I, no. I don't know about first or second, but when it got to nine, or, you know, once you got past about five or six, I would have thought, sure. I, would have th- I thought he was our best player. I, I mean, I certainly would have thought he would have been early. Um, Bob didn't have a great answer for me either. He just said, look, it's usually up to the player, and if the player doesn't feel it, he, I think every, but I would think everybody'd want to do a shootout. If I'm a professional athlete, yeah, put me in, coach. I don't care if I'm a goalie. Let me go in and try it. <laughs> um, but I was surprised by that. I, I just, um, I just was a little bit. But uh, yeah, it was really, really fun. And I will tell you, playoff time for the Stars may see me at another game. You bet. Yeah, and playoff games are that, that was almost the. In- the same intensity of a postseason game just because of the implications. But, yeah, postseason hockey is as good as it gets, especially live. People ask me all the time, "What's well, what's your favorite sport? Well, I mean, it, it depends. Favorite sport to play, favorite sport to watch, favorite sport to watch on TV. And inevitably, I'll tell them, you know, my favorite sport to watch on TV is football. My favorite sport to see live is hockey, and it's not close. Like, I love going to Stars games. They're so, like you said, you don't have an appreciation for – the speed and the ability of those players until you see it in person. People that aren't big fans of hockey or don't know a lot about hockey, I tell them, go see a game live. Have you? If I ever ask them, I say, what's your favorite sport? And they're like, oh, football. And, oh, I just don't like hockey. I'll always ask them, have you ever been to a game? And all, nine times out of ten, the answer is no, never been. And I say, go to a game. You will absolutely love hockey once you go see a game live. I'll say this one more, one last thing about it, too. So my, I'm a big lacrosse player, right? Which mm-hmm. a lot of times people would say it's kind of hockey on yeah there's play. definitely some some similarities but my son was a face-off specialist in in lacrosse and he'd go in there and he would go and it you know a lot more scoring and you have face-off after every score and it'd be he'd have about 25 wrestling matches per game 
That's, I mean, he would just be worn out after every game. And when anybody asked me what he did and they didn't understand lacrosse, I said, it's kind of like hockey, facing off on hockey, but you can control the ball a little bit more than you can play. So that possession's way more important. So I think a face-off guy's a little bit more important than in lacrosse than it is in hockey. Well, I always believed that until Tuesday night or whenever I went to the game because the Dallas Stars, until the end of the game, dominated the face-off. And it was one of the reasons why they kept themselves in the game. And I'm noticing it because I'm a face. My son faced off, and I knew it. They, they had they had been. Uh, There's one point where it was they had uh, they had won ten more faceoffs than than Las Vegas. And I'm telling you, that was a difference because especially when it was on their side, they controlled the puck and did some good things. So it was really really fun. And I guarantee you, you will see me at a high, at a playoff game in the next week or two. So, Very that. cool. All right, coming up next, as we are broadcasting still from Crest Cars, we are going to talk a little draft because it's after 10 o'clock and we can. And Sports Radio 96.7 and 13.10, the ticket. 10.19 on the ticket. You got the tee box, an extended hour as we're going to get to the draft, the NFL draft, which um, – Way bigger than I ever thought. I'm actually leaving tomorrow to go to Las Vegas. And it's really interesting, the difference in prices from this weekend till Monday night. Because the draft is big and it's in Vegas. And you also have Tiger Jam there. I'm not sure how many people are going to Vegas for Tiger Jam, but... What is Tiger Jam? It's Tiger's big charity event. Oh, it's like Tiger Woods? Yeah. And, uh, yes, yeah, so uh, some... But the draft started Thursday night, and... How do you feel about that? Do you like the Thursday night primetime first round? I, I love Thursday night primetime first round. I hate how long it takes between picks always been an issue i would love i'd love them look they're all prepared they all know what they're doing give them give them their what do they get in between seven minutes Something on the first like one yeah, 10 minutes right. <laughs> give them three minutes that's more what they give have them three they have that on the later rounds right yeah. give them three minutes i just think it's too long between each one and um but Man, I'm kind of a draft purist. I really miss the days where they started it on Saturday morning at like 11, and then you had like rounds one, two, three on Saturday, and then four through seven on Sunday. Because I, I enjoyed just sitting by the TV all day and just watching the draft. Yeah. Like, the first round, like when they do it in primetime like that, it feels like just when you're kind of getting into it, it's over. You know. Funny, funny story. When I was at when I was in college, University of Georgia, one of my one of my friends at the time was a guy who got drafted. He was Mr. Insignificant. Mr. Irrelevant. Irrelevant, yes, irrelevant. He was the last pick of the draft. His name was Knox Culpepper. He was a linebacker for the Georgia Bulldogs. And I don't I don't remember how his career was or anything, but he made more money being the last pick in the draft because he got interviews from everybody. He got a couple sponsors out of it. And uh, so one of those cool thing so what did you say his name was Knox Culpepper Culpepper. and what year was that maybe 85 or 86 oh wow 85 or 86 is he not there 
No, I don't see Knox Culpepper on Mr. Irrelevant list. Well, he was supposed to be. He told me he was. <laughs> I didn't follow it back there then. There was a guy in 85 uh, named Donald Chumley that was Mr. Irrelevant from Georgia. <laughs> That's not the dude from Pawn Stars, right? <laughs> no, not that, yeah, not that Well, Chumley. maybe maybe I got it wrong, but maybe <laughs> well, it was I, mean, Donald, I didn't know. I didn't know Donald Chumley. I didn't know Donald Chumley. I knew Knox Culpepper. Anyway, all right. So let's go through the Dallas draft. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for checking that for me, Doug. Well, I just you know, I always thought he was in the Mr. Irrelevant. Well, I'm sorry to ruin your life, but I haven't talked to him in 25 years. So, <laughs> all right. So go through the Dallas draft, and I will tell you. I'll give you a couple tidbits on it. So first pick. Oh, you want my opinion? Is that what you're asking yeah, well, for? Yeah. Well, um, you want to say who it is? Yeah. It's a guard from Tulsa, uh, or an offensive lineman from Tulsa, Tyler Smith. He's a tackle. Played tackle at Tulsa, but I think he's probably going to end up maybe playing some guard um, early on, and then he could be maybe a swing tackle at some point. I don't know. I mean, I don't think it was a tremendously sexy pick. Um, I believe Mel Kuyper during the uh, draft telecast said that he was a penalty waiting to happen, I believe was was his exact words. Yes, he wasn't uh, a fan of that. So one. that's a tough one um, for an already very heavily penalized Cowboys team. It seems slightly foolish to take on a guy that is off penal- penalized. Yes, Mel Kuyper did say that. But I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I'm I'm willing to give the kid a shot. I mean, I, I hate to just completely just, you know, take a crap all over the pick, having really not seen a lot of his tape or knowing much about him other than the fact that he played at Tulsa, which isn't exactly a real blue blood type program. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't Mel know. Kuiper I mean, I, did not like that uh, pick. Uh, there were – he was not the only one. It was not a very popular selection. So, in it, a second – got, It got a grade of meh. From me, that's pretty much what I thought. I was like, eh. Man. So in the second round, they picked Sam Williams. No, not yes, yeah, Sam, Sam Williams. Williams. Uh, uh, he's a defensive end, but they've got him listed like as a linebacker. He's kind of a hybrid. Um, from what I understand and what I've seen of him, uh, a big time like sack guy doesn't have a lot of value when it comes to stopping the run, but can get to the quarterback. I think he set the record at Ole Miss for sacks in a season last year. Um, has also had some off-the-field issues. I believe that there was some sort of um, sexual assault uh, allegation against him where that was eventually dropped. But, um, yeah, I mean, seems to be a guy like that to, can get you, the – I mean, I don't hate this pick. I mean, would you I, like to know what, what Mel Kuyper thought of sure, it? Sure, love to. Sam Williams was a productive edge rusher at Ole Miss, but I would I would have taken him in the fourth round, not the second, yeah. as Dallas did. That feels like a reach for a hole rather than going with the best available prospect. Which is kind of which is kind of strange because it seemed like the first two picks for sure. Uh, Dallas didn't kind of stick to what they've done well over the last several drafts, and that is, yeah, just kind of taking the best, best available. available. Yeah, yeah. They, you know, whatever position they need. Let's. I mean, they obviously needed an offensive lineman. They could have just gone with the best available offensive lineman. Now Jerry said that, oh, well, he's the you know the best lineman we had on our board at that point, and that may very well be the case. But he did hold up like the draft board, which Will McClay looked like he was about to strangle Jerry when <laughs> he did that. Like, dude, what are you doing? Why are you showing everybody our draft rankings? But uh, I don't know, man. I, I I didn't like either of the top two picks. I understand they're both filling a need, but I, I don't think that they're. 
they're well, real game changers. You know, I, I don't think you, obviously Mel Kiper didn't like it either. Yeah. Well, I mean, so let's talk and, about and the Mel third Ky- pick. And, and it's not like Mel Kiper hasn't been wrong before. I mean, maybe we're all wrong. And what about the third pick? Uh, the receiver, I really don't know much about Jalen Tolbert. Don't know a lot about him. From other South than, Alabama. Than what I kind of saw on tape. I mean, I will say that when you take in the first three rounds two guys that are from mid-majors, it kind of raises a red flag. Like a guy from Tulsa and a guy from South Alabama. Eh. Would you like to know what Mel Kuyper said? I'm sure he probably thought he went three rounds early. We're kind of 0 for 2 at the moment with Mel Kuyper. I like Dallas taking wide out Jalen Tolbert in round three. Okay. He's not a ready-made replacement for Amari Cooper, but he was extremely productive at South Alabama. He has excellent hands and isn't afraid of going over the middle for tough catches. Okay, all right. We'll see. I mean, you know, it's not an exact science. I mean, we've seen nope. tons of busts over the years, and you've Look, seen guys that get drafted in the second, third, fourth you, round that you, end up as pro bowlers. You just, you just look at it, and you know – um uh that you just never know like last last year you 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 don't get a a cornerback and you feel like oh my goodness the Dallas draft is wasted cuz they didn't get a cornerback you bet. and they get Michael Parsons who who is incredible yes so my only issue with the draft and and, and like what you said though they could have tried to, to trade up and try and get one of those corners. They stuck to their guns, and they said, okay, well, that's fine. We didn't get either one of the corners. Well, rather than reaching for another corner, they said, let's just take the best guy available, and that's Micah Parsons, and look what happened. Yes. Um, my only um, issue isn't what the, what the Cowboys did. I think the Giants and the Eagles had – Awesome draft. Yeah, both of them seem to really make. They got everything, and even at even Philadelphia got at number eighty three. They got uh, Nicobe Dean, which you know I'm. I just I watched every Georgia game in the last two years. <clears throat> I watched five defensive players go in the first round, and Nicobe Dean was the heart and soul of that defense. And I just don't understand it. Yeah, well, um, like like I mentioned to you earlier, yeah. I think he had a shoulder problem that had not been addressed and kind of scared some Obviously, off, so. obviously, there were 31 other teams that agreed with each other on not taking him till 83. But, boy, I tell you, he's going to – I just can't imagine if he's healthy, he's not going to be um, um, that good. And the guys, I'm not going to butcher his name, but that um, that edge rusher from Oregon – that the Giants got with the five number five pick, mm-hmm. that seemed like that just fell into their lap. Yeah, and, I mean uh, he was, you know, uh, Thibodeau. He was uh, considered to be a potential number one overall pick, middle of the season, you know, yep. college season. So, so that that was my only issue with it is how much better that your your division rivals did than you did. Yeah. So um, I, I'm a little worried about that, and I hope something happens good and then the end of the draft <clears throat> i still believe and i made this prediction i think last week or two weeks ago that uh who knows what's going to happen with the one cornerback in trouble for the cowboys and i'm still saying that they're going to sign Kyle fuller especially since they haven't taken a cornerback because he's not going to be able to he's going to get suspended by the nfl isn't he who what's his name the guy who was in the car Dan Marino. Oh, yeah, Kelvin Joseph. Yeah. Yes. yes, Dan Marino. <laughs> <laughs> it's always Dan Marino. Kelvin Joseph is going to get suspended. You're going to need another cornerback, and I think 
you know, Kyle Fuller's still out there. I, I say the Cowboys are going to sign him. You, you haven't taken any, anybody in the first three rounds. You're not getting immediate help. You better sign somebody, right? Yeah, we'll see. And they have money. It seems like they have money. Question is, do you, do you take anybody in the kicking world? I don't know. I mean, the, the punter from San Diego State, I think, is potentially a draft pick at some point. So's, I don't know if he's so's the one in the fifth round. So the one from Georgia. Yeah. He's actually even projected to go higher. I still think you can get one after the draft. Yeah. I mean, drafting a punter. <laughs> so, so if you get one in the sixth tough. round, what are you losing? I mean, if he's going to start for you for 10 years, it's probably – I mean, how many sixth-round guys end up making the team or, or right. giving you any production whatsoever? Yeah. Now, isn't it about now when you start talking about Tom Brady? Was he fifth or sixth round? He was sixth round. Yeah. So, it happens. I personally feel that's what uh, Atlanta got with Malik Willis, but that's okay. Yeah, that could end up being a steal. I mean, Malik Willis a little more highly touted, though, than, than Brady than was. Tom Brady? But, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's been an interesting couple of days. I mean, like the you, you mentioned the Eagles trading for A.J. Brown. I mean, that's a big trade for them. I mean, they, yeah, it they've is. They've got some weapons now, and I still don't know that Jalen Hurts is the be-all, end-all answer for them under center. But, I mean, they're starting to rack up enough guys around him to where it might just make him serviceable. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's all you need. It's funny, you know, the when it comes to just Cowboys football in general, when I was on my media excursion down to Mississippi – that was kind of the number one question I got was, oh, are you a big Cowboys fan? I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, I'm a fan, but, uh, you know, I'm I, I'm kind of at the point in my life where I don't get that emotionally invested in them anymore because I just know how the movie ends every year. It's the same thing. And uh, number one question I got was, is Dak the guy? Do you think Dak's the guy? And I had four or five people ask me that on trip. So do you think Dak's the – do you think he's the one? And I – and the amazing thing is I don't think I have an answer for it. Well, I, can I answer that real quick? Sure. And, and just for a, a golf guy talking about football, and I'm a, I'm, a, you know, I'm a big Cowboy fan. Your offensive line's not that good. It's, no matter it's what you say. It's not as good as it was when he not that good. Started. You had Lyle Collins that you didn't even feel like keeping. You had William, Connor Williams you didn't feel like keeping. Tyron Smith is hurt. He's All the time. old and he's hurt. He's not, that's the thing. He's not old. He's just got a ton of miles on him. You he's got, only like 30. Right. You got the center who, I, I mean, I can't. I think Biotic is serviceable. He's not as good as Travis Frederick. And so you got one really good player. Who's also starting to get a little bit of mileage on him in Zach Martin. And look at, look at your running backs. I mean, do you really have a good running back? Do you really say I yeah, have? Yeah, his name's Tony Pollard. <laughs> I was about to say the same thing. <laughs> but you, but do you have a guy who you know is going to get 1,500 yards and really going to carry the team? I mean, Zeke still, I think, has the potential to be that guy, yeah. But he's not. Hasn't been the last well, two years. Well, I mean, I think the reason for that maybe is Maybe it's injuries. Just, maybe well, it's whatever. I, I think the reason for it is what you just mentioned. The offensive line isn't as good. Or as the offensive line isn't as good. And then look at your receivers. I'm sorry, but even Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, none of them have proven to me they're not. Well, Cooper's not on the team anymore. But I'm saying back last year, you look at the team. There was there anybody who you knew that was gonna do was gonna get over 100 catches? None of those guys are I mean, guys are like they're not a Cooper think, Cup. They're think, not a well, Mari Cooper. I think is a 100 catch guy, but there's a lot of. I other don't never thought he was. I I just didn't think he was. He disappeared a lot. I mean, I think C.D. Lamb. I think has that kind of potential. Potential is he? But is he right now? No, he's not. I, you don't have, I, I think their offense, we always talk about how high-powered their offense is. I don't think I, – I think it's not high-powered at all. So I think 
Well, the did, fact didn't that didn't set NFL records for yardage and and I think that last year. I think that's a lot to do with bad the, division. The guy sitting at quarterback, who's leading a bunch of guys who aren't that good. I just do. I I think he is the guy. Do you? Okay. So for that reason, it's, it's so weird. I don't know, and I mean, you know, the, but so I would Tony tell- Romo was slightly polarizing, but I think most people felt like that he was a franchise quarterback. Yes. Dak, I mean, it really honestly seems to be like 50-50. I mean, it's like half the people think, yeah, he's he's a guy that could win you a Super Bowl, and the other half are just dug in that there is no way he will ever win anything. And I don't know. It's, it's really strange. I, I don't know that the Cowboys have ever had a quarterback like that where it's just half the people just are, just, know. are absolutely convinced he will never do anything. I like him. I'm going to stick with it. So well, you're going to have to because they just signed him to a huge contract. Yeah, so but I, I, I mean, whether whether we like it or not, we're stuck with him for a while. Yeah, I think he's a hell of a player, and I just don't think that the offense is very good. And I would have taken the draft right now as good as the defense was last year. I'd have gone all offense, at least the first few rounds. I just boost that thing up a little bit. Well, they definitely need an offensive line. I think that's. That's what they did is they went out and drafted an offensive lineman. I mean, they addressed three needs. I mean, you lost Randy Gregory, you lost Amari Cooper, and and you you know your offensive line isn't what it used to be, like you said, not with no Connor Williams and no Lyle Collins, and they got a lineman, they got a defensive end, and they got a receiver. So, so you have that. So we'll see. And we've got the rest of the draft today and tomorrow, right, or is it just today? Just today, I think. Okay. So they're going to go rapid fire today. Yeah, it'll be it'll be quick and uh, – yeah, they'll be machine gunning them out. So that's all that. All right, well, coming up now, actually, you're leaving us, right? Yeah, I'm getting ready to take off. So we're going to do one segment without you. Maybe. And if I can get this guy to print these tickets, I may be waiting for a minute. So if I'm still here, I'll you just, did he Did he not print them for you already? I have, he had been Because you've got to go judge barbecue. I do. Do we know what kind of barbecue this is? Um, I think they've got several different categories. I believe they've got a chicken, a ribs, a brisket, and a beans, I believe. Huh. So... Apparently, I'll be judging two of them. I'm not sure which. I've, I've got to be there. If you had your preference, which two would you judge? Ooh, good question. Probably ribs and brisket would probably be the two that I would prefer. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I've got to be there at noon, and I think the first judging's at 1230, and then there's another one like at 330. There's live music and stuff. So, so I'd just say yeah. ribs can all start to taste the same to me, but there's an art to, to doing a really good chicken. Yeah, I mean, it's all an art form, really. You know, brisket, ribs, chicken, even the the beans category. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure how how I do with beans. I mean, I've never all those beans. I've Mm. never judged barbecue before, so Mm. we'll. uh, This is going to be a first for me as well. All right, well, we'll bid you a fair adieu as we go to our last segment because I got a good question for Kern and for Jay. As um, we're going to talk a little music as you go. So coming up next, let's go do that. And Sports Radio 96.7 and 1310, The Ticket. 10.42 on The Ticket. We got 10 minutes roughly before the ticket draft experts take over and get rounds four through seven. Eli had to go uh, judge a barbecue contest. So I've got Kern with me and I got Jay and we're going to talk a little music. Because... I have lived in Irving all my Texas career, Texas life, and I have my business is in Las Colinas or in Irving. 
and for the last 23 years. So I try to support the city of Irving as much as I can. And during the pandemic, right when the pandemic hit, they had opened up the Toyota, Toyota Music Center factory, whatever they call it. And I worried about it because they built this whole thing. And so in support, I bought some seat licenses. And that gives you good seats for the whole season, I right? have two front row seats to any any concert I want to go to. I bought the seat license, but I still got to buy the tickets. Okay. So it's just like the Cowboys. You buy the seat license and you go buy tickets. So I have the, I have, I have the tickets. And I give them to clients or I let friends use them if there's a concert that I don't want to go to. I, I don't go very often, but it's a way to support the city of Irving and it's a way to do something good. I'm pretty sure the clients love it if someone they want to go see. So I looked, I gave Jay and Kern, I said, look up the, the list and tell me the concerts you'd want to go to this year, this summer, as it's a nice little lineup. But also try to guess what the most expensive ticket was. This year. So, Jay, I'll let you go first. Any concerts you're going, wow, I want to go to that? Yeah, there are some, actually. It was funny. One is actually, I think, Monday or Tuesday with the Deftones because that show was originally scheduled for October of 2020, but it got pushed back so many times because of the pandemic that it's finally playing. So I don't know if I bought those tickets or not, but if I did, you can have them. Ooh. Oh. So I, I'll, but I don't, uh, no promises. I don't know they're having or not. I have to check at the office, but I'll check, uh, I'll check tomorrow. And I noticed that, uh, Jack White is coming in that he would be really, really cool to see. That was a very popular one with clients. Almost everybody wants. Oh, that I one. guarantee yeah. Jack White's huge. He puts yeah. on a, what a heck of a show from what I've heard. And also revolution over, I think they're in July. They're more of a reggae type band. I will get you those tickets. Ooh. I shall. So I would definitely yeah, take you up. That'll on that be one. your for doing such a great job over the last few years. Well, board up. By the well, way, uh, you, I do get I do get one set of tickets every year for Jeff Catlin. And this year he wanted the Judas Priest, Judas Priest, and I forget who opened for him. Queensrÿche. Queensrÿche and Judas Priest. I, that, and uh, he was very excited about that. So. I would figure. Well, they're older, but I would figure it's a little on the lower end of the heavy metal spectrum than what he likes. He was very happy. Judas Priest okay. still do their gimmick? Wearing leather and whatnot? I don't um, know. I would, I'm pretty sure probably. Rob Hoffer probably still does. Okay, what do you, what'd you think out of, the, out of the... Give me a couple thoughts on the most expensive. Okay. Most expensive. I was looking on here, and there was... Alicia Keys, I noticed, coming in September, and I know she's pretty big and doesn't go out often. I was thinking also Leon Bridges, because he's a Fort Worth native, but I think I'm going to decide uh, the most expensive. I'm going to go with the Backstreet Boys. I say the LAUV uh, Love that's uh, on September 4th. I don't even know who they are. Um, a lot of people would have said the Backstreet boys for sure i had one person guess the uh bare naked ladies which was a very inexpensive tutu um but by the way i'm gonna go to that i think that'd be fun i think they're here one week live yeah they've got more than that but um but they also are uh did you see who's opening for them i did not the the gin blossoms and toad the wet sprocket okay that actually might not be bad i like the gin blossoms but the most expensive concert 
by a significant amount, I might add you, mm-hmm. was none other. Watch me, Sebastian. Tears for Fears. Really? Whoa, really? Tears for Fears for a front row ticket was $750. Oh, my God. I like Tears for Fears. Yeah, Do you like good. them $750 worth? No. Not to get everybody rules the world for that much. Well, they have more than that. They sir. have two. But, that, I mean, they were big. <laughs> I, they have Mad World. Um, I thought the Backstreet Boys would be more. They weren't. I thought uh, um, nobody mentions the Flashback Funk Fest featuring the SOS band and Mars Day and the Time. But, um, hmm. but uh, yeah, the most expensive by a mile. By a mile was Tears for Fears. That, well, that's like um, Duran Duran when they said they were coming to the Dickies Arena in Fort Worth. Those tickets got way out of hand really, really fast. I was like, really? are people really paying that much to see Duran Duran? No offense to them. I mean, they're really good. But By the way, I wouldn't one think of the, they'd be that big. The two that I was looking forward to, Sammy Hagar's coming. Not a Sammy Hagar fan. But opening for him is George Thurgood and the Destroyers. Huge fan of George Thurgood. I fi- I figured the one that you would want to go to was um, Rick Springfield. <laughs> no. <laughs> but the other one that on Thursday, November. Th- Men at Work is coming? Yeah, they're with Rick Springfield. Are they really? That's funny. Um, November 3rd, and he just added another show on November 4th. Give me a little Chris Rock. Really? Now I yeah. know these ones got expensive because Elf oh, tried to buy would have it to get a ticket for this. Because... I do not know what they are yet because they haven't come into my account, so I don't know. But wow, I've got that circled. I have definitely got that circled because yeah, that's got to be fun, one. right? That's going to be fun. That uh, is going to be fun. I would want to go see OAR and relive my uh, my college days. I think a client's already got them, but if not, I will see what happens. Nobody into the Goo Goo Dolls? No. Yeah, I mean, I think they, they depress me. They're very depressing. Yeah. All Nobody's, they they the other one. one that everybody says on the most expensive one is Olivia Rodrigo. She's huge. She's gotten very, She's very popular very big, quick. But not anywhere close to Tears for Fears. So everybody wants to rule the world a lot. What about Kids Bop? Are you going to go to the Kids Bop show? <laughs> not going to go to the Kids Bop show. No. Or Cheer Live. No. Or Ben Rector. Does anybody know who Ben Rector is? I don't know. I saw no. a picture of that, and I couldn't figure him out. Yeah. I don't know Ben Rector. So I mistakenly bought those tickets. So if you are a P1 and you're really into Ben Rector, tweet me. It's uh, it's interesting. The pavilion this year has, I think, a better lineup than uh, the Dos Equis pavilion over in Dallas. You think so? I looked at the summer both summer lineups, and I think the one uh, Toyota Music Pavilion looks like ten times it- better. It is a great place to go see a concert. I will tell you that. Oh, the other one everybody says, um, and it got postponed to the till September was Florence and the Machine. That is a something that I'm pretty sure Jeff, the great Jeff K, would want to go see. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was a that was a big one too, a high demand one. And then the other one that was a high demand, and I don't know very much of her, is Marin Morris, who's a country singer. I believe. Yeah, she's really talented. So. You can you can ask uh, George about that. Yeah. Maybe I will. Maybe I will. All right, well, that wraps it up for the tea box Thanks for spending an extra 50 minutes with us. We've got a huge lineup of draft experts for the ticket coming up next. I want to thank Kern for keeping us on the air, Jay for running the board, Jonathan Dodd for keeping us informed twice an hour, 
Next week we are at... I have not been told. We don't know yet, but Rick Garnett will be back next week. So uh, he's, his hiatus is over, or is ending, and he will be back with us. Thanks for Eli Jordan for the last uh, couple months stepping in for him. And uh, Hope he loves, loves his barbecue. Yeah, good luck with his barbecue and his uh, bean tasting. And coming up next, we've got the draft. Broadcasting live from the TXU Energy Mothership at Victory Park, hard by the AAC. This is Sports Radio 96.7 and 13.10, The Ticket. KTCK AM, Dallas, Fort Worth. KTCK FM, Flower Mound. A cumulus media station.